Under focus. I'm Stefan, this is Amanda, and this is Let's Palaver About Wizard and Glass. <laughs> the. What? What is it now? No, it just. For some reason, I in my head before you even said anything, I heard the gunslinger because I got so used to hearing that. And then, like, not even the wasteland, it's just the gunslinger. So, <laughs> Wizard and Glass, The Dark Tower, Volume 4. We are in the third chapter called The Fair Day Goose. You almost look shocked at that. Sorry, I read Is that three. where we are? Yeah. Is that where we are? Oh, Lord. I didn't know. I thought we were halfway through this. <laughs> a lot of chapters. It's a big book. It's a big book. We're looking at close to 700 pages. It's a big, big book. Big book, little chapter. Little chapter. Big book. Good chapter, though. Mm -hmm. This is a this is mighty fine chapter well it's like part of the end of the last book actually if you want to say the entire last book and then now we're just getting to the conclusion of the last book yeah technically this is concluding the last book it's not we haven't really, we haven't really even gotten to this book yet yeah. we're, we're finishing the last book yes with how he decided to do this sounds like marvel no with their giant post-credit end scene called Spider-Man. That's what it feels like. <laughs> it really does. Well, I well I guess a better example would be you know Marvel how they started in Game Out with pretty much the ending of Infinity War. So. Yeah, that really could have been tacked on. I mean, yeah. it does feel it feels exactly like that. Yeah. That was but but still also the full phase thing ending with Spider-Man instead of Endgame. Welcome to the Marvel cast, yeah. as we talk about, brought to you by Vanilla Coca-Cola. <laughs> Orange Vanilla Coca-Cola. No. So. And peanut butter M&M's. Yes. Today has been a weird day, okay? It doesn't help that the South is finally getting to the boiling point. And I don't do well in heat, so. Oh, it's hot out there. It is hot. Weather lady said something about getting into the hundreds soon, and I'm like, I'm just going to die. It's fine. Really hot. I'm done. Wouldn't surprise me if it feels probably somewhere in the 90s or closer to hundreds as they say. It's pretty hot. Alrighty then. Eddie Dean, who did not know Roland, sometimes thought of him as Kame. Maya? 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 Cause full. Heard all of it and heard none of it. Saw all of it and saw none of it. The only thing to really make an impression on him once he really began riddling began in earnest was the fire flashing from the stone eyes of the hounds. As he raised his hands to shield his eyes from the chain lightning glare, he thought of the portal of the beam and the clearing of the bear. How he had pressed his ears against it and heard the distant dreaming rumble of the machines machinery. So yeah. So Eddie Eddie's been out of it. Really been out of it. As we kind of heard through these last few chapters, he's just been over there doing his own thing. Yes, he keeps remembering when Roland was teaching Jake how to light a fire. And that keeps pressing into his mind and he's trying to figure out why. And well do we get a lot of that in this But um, says, watching the eyes of the hounds light up, listening as Blaine drew the current into his batteries, powering up for his final plunge across Midworld. Eddie had a thought. Not all is silent in the halls of the dead and the rooms of ruin. Even now, some of the stuff of the old ones left behind still works, and that's really the horror of it. Wouldn't you say? Yes, the exact horror of it. It was the image of Jake striking Flint and still that kept returning. Huey would allow it his mind to dwell on it for a second or two, like a bee allowing. Nope. A lighting? A lighting? Like a bee alighting on some sweet flower? 
This is a weird word. Alighting. Okay, Google. What does alighting mean? I think I can guess. If one of our phones answers, I swear I'm done. Because <laughs> mine's not set up to listen. I don't know yours. If yours is... Mine's an Apple. It's not even the okay Google thing. It's, right. it's Siri. And Siri's not set up. Because my, my Google thing isn't set up to do the whole OK Google thing. So if mine answers, I'm throwing my phone. That'd be awesome. Anyway, like a bee alighting on some sweet flower. And then he would take off again. Because that memory wasn't what he wanted. It was just the way into what he wanted. Another door like the ones on the beach of the Western Sea. Or the one he had scraped in the dirt of the speaker ring before he had drawn Jake. Only this door was in this door was in his mind. What he wanted was behind it. What he was doing was kind of, well, diddling the lock. Zoning in Henry's speech. Zoning. We were all zoned out. Yeah, there was a whole page here and I was like, I think we just get past this. I ha I hate hearing anything about Henry. Well, I think I know it serves its purpose in this yes. chapter, but it doesn't change, I don't like it. No one likes hearing about Henry, okay? No one cares. No one wants to hear it. But regardless, in short, he's thinking about Henry when he hung out with Henry and his buddies. And everyone was sitting there going back and forth of, if you were to get in a fight, who would want you to have your back? And Henry always had the problem of just dogging Eddie and dogging Eddie while everyone took their turn saying who they'd want to have their back. And it gets to Henry. And they're like, so, who would you want? Who would you want to have your back in a fight? And he says, Eddie. And they're like, oh, come on, you're joking. Why would you want to... Why yes. would you want little Eddie? Because, yeah, it's, uh, by then, it was around Henry Dean. He gave the question the weighty consideration it deserved, then put his arm around his surprising brother's shoulders. Eddie, he said, my little bro, he's the man. They all stared at him, stunned, and none more stunned than Eddie. His jaw had been almost down to the belt buckle, and then Jimmy said, Come on, Henry, stop messing around. This is a serious question. Who'd you want to watch your back if uh, things is going to go down? I'm being serious, Henry replied. Why, Eddie? George had asked, echoing the question which had been in Eddie's own mind. He couldn't find his way to have a paper bag. A wet one. So why? Henry thought some more. Not Eddie was convinced because he didn't know why, but because he had to think of how to articulate it. Then he said, because when Eddie's... Because when Eddie's in that zone, he can talk the devil to setting himself on fire. Yes. That's because good old Eddie can just talk his way out of anything. Has we've we've kind of gotten through the books since we've had, seen Eddie. He, he's a talker. He's a sly talker. Oh yes, and so he keeps thinking. Of course, Roland. He he. The first memory that sparks, of course, is Jake trying to kindle the campfire, and then. He reaches further and pulls the message or the memory of Roland trying to get him to come closer when he was pretty much dying. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was like, because he wanted to grab me, Eddie thought. Faintly, almost as if it were coming through one of those magic doors from, other, from some other world, he heard Blaine telling him that the end game had commenced. If they had been saving their best riddles, now was the time to trot them out. They had an hour. To which Eddie was like, I can't even think about this. If I start freaking out about timelines, I'll lose it. So it says, why am I here? If this isn't what I want, why does my mind keep coming back to this place? Because it's as close as I can get and still stay out of the hurt zone. Only a medium-sized hurt, actually. But it made me think of Henry being put down by Henry. Henry said you could talk the devil into setting himself on fire. Yes, I always loved him for that. That was great. And now Eddie saw Roland move Jake's hands, one holding flint, the other steel, closer to the kindling. Jake was nervous. Eddie could see it. Roland had seen it too. And in order to he ease his nerves, take his mind off the responsibility of lighting the fire, Roland had... He had asked the kid a riddle. 
Eddie Dean blew breath into the keyhole of his memory, and this time, the tumbler's turn. Little Eddie here, just try, try, try to think really hard. It's a good thing. Eddie needs to think sometimes. <laughs> Way too often, he does no thinking. To which, of course, if we go back to everybody else, we kind of pull ourselves out of Eddie's mind for a bit. And Blaine is counting down, you know, 25 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. Would you try me again, Gunslinger? I think not, Blaine. Roland sounded exhausted. I've done with you. I've done with you. You've You've beaten me. Anyway. You've beaten me. Jake? Jake got to his feet and faced the route map. In his chest, his heartbeat seemed very slow, but very hard. Each pulse felt like a fist slamming on the drumhead. Away crossed between his feet, looking anxiously up at his face. Hello, Blaine, Jake said, and wet his lips. Hello, Jake of New York. The voice was kindly, the voice perhaps of a nice old fellow with the habit of molesting the children. Good job. Oh, oh good, old, good old Blaine. He's just a... Would you try me with a riddle from your book? Our time together grows short. Yes, Jake said. I would try you with these riddles. Give me your understanding of the truth concerning each, Blaine. It is fairly spoken, Jake of New York. I will do as you ask. And now we get some more riddling. Yes, to which Jake goes through every single riddle in the book that he thinks will even do anything. It's clearly the last few pages. As they said, the last few pages were the hardest of them. And we get quite a few. Listen, Blaine. In a tunnel of darkness lies a beast of iron. It can only attack when pulled back. What is it? A bullet. No hesitation. Walk on the living. They don't make... Walk on the living. They don't even mumble. Walk on the dead. They mutter and grumble. What are they? Fallen leaves. I like that a lot. Yeah, I really do. No hesitation, and if Jake really knew in his heart the game was lost, why did he feel such despair, such bitterness, such anger? Because he's a pain, that's why. Blaine yeah. is a really big pain, mm-hmm. and I'd like to push his face in it just once. <sighs> I think even making him stop is second to that on my wish list. To which Jake, of course, starts thinking back, and is like, I could kill to be home. I just want to be home. I am emeralds and diamonds, lost by the moon. I am found by the sun and picked up soon. What am I? Do. Still relentless, still unhesitating. When Jake turned to the last page, he saw a boxed message from the author or editor. We hope you've enjoyed the unique combination of imagination and logic known as riddling. I haven't, Jake thought. I haven't enjoyed it one little bit, and I hope you choke. Yet when he looked at the question above the message, he felt a thin thread of hope. It seemed to him that, in this case at least, they really had saved the best for last. With no wings I fly, with no eyes I see, with no arms I climb, more frightening than any beast, stronger than any foe, I am cunning, ruthless, and tall, in the end I rule all. What am I? The gunslinger had looked up, blue eyes gleaming, Susanna began to turn her expectant face from Jake to the rope mat. Yet Blaine's answer was as prompt as ever. The imagination of a man and a woman. Mm. Good old Blaine. Mm-hmm. Always. And the Faraday goose is almost mine. I watched 19 minutes and 50 seconds to termination. Would you say more, Jacob, New York? Visual sensors indicate you have come to the end of your book, which was not, I must say, as good as I'd hoped. Everybody's a critic, Susanna said. She wiped a tear from the corner of one eye. Without looking directly at her, the gunslinger took her free hand. Yes, Blaine, I have one more. 
Excellent. Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came sweetness. This riddle comes from the holy book known as Old Testament Bible of King James. Lane sounded a muse, and Jake felt the last of his hope slip away. That's every riddle they have. That's everything. Yep. He thought he might cry, not so much out of fear as frustration. It was made by Samson the Strong. The eater is a lion. The sweetness is honey made by bees which hived in the lion's skull. Next, you still have over 18 minutes, Jake. Jake shook his head. I've told... He let go of riddle dum and smiled when Oi caught it neatly in his jaws and then stretched his long neck to Jake. I've told them all. I'm done. Shucks, little trailblazer. Oh, shucks, little trail hand. Mm, that's a per shame. All right. Jake found this dwelling John Wayne imitation all but unbearable. In their current circumstances. Me too, Jake. I'm sure. I'm sure. Looks like I win that there, Goose. Unless somebody else here cares to speak up. What about you, Oi? Of Midworld? Got any riddles? My little bumbler buddy? Yes, Oi's going to win. He's just being a pain. That's what he's doing. He's just being I don't a care. Pain. If Oi would have just said something, anything, and it would have just been it, I would have been like, yep. <laughs> That's yeah. what you get. Perfect English, Oi just comes out and just goes at it. You know what, actually, boy, I do have one. What do you think? Turns into Pikachu. <clears throat> we'll, get him, we'll get him voiced by Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> that would be the greatest thing ever. We need to do the Bumbler's voice. What do you say? It says Oi a lot. Um... <laughs> It's kind of like Vin Diesel's Groot, okay? You won't have to say much, but it'll be good. <laughs> Susanna of New York. She shook her head, not looking up. She had turned Roland's hand over in her own and was gently tracing the healed stumps where his first two fingers had been. Roland, son of Stephen. Have you remembered any others from the Faraday riddlings of Gilead? Roland also shook his head, and then Jake saw that Eddie Dean was raising his. There was a peculiar smile on Eddie's face, a peculiar shine in Eddie's eyes, <clears throat> and a voice totally gone off the window. And Jake found that hope hadn't deserted him. After all, it suddenly flowered anew in his mind, red and hot and vivid, like, well, like a rose, a rose in the full fever of its summer. Blaine, Eddie asked in a low tone. To Jake, his voice sounded queerly choked. Yes, Eddie of New York, unmistakable disdain. I have a couple of riddles, Eddie said. Just to pass the time between here and Topeka, you understand. No, Jake realized. Eddie didn't sound as if he were choking. He sounded as if he were trying to hold back laughter. Speak, Eddie of New York. Oh, you got a picture there. I do not. Like picture. It looks like a very deformed unicorn oi. Oh, that's right. It wasn't a unicorn. We figured that out when we stared at it last time. Yeah, yeah. Very but abstract it, art they have in yes. this one. So it looks like a boy and oi and a rose and some eyeballs. And a tower. And a tower. And a tower. And a tower. So we're back to Eddie's mind. Yeah, we're back to Eddie. Sitting and listening to Jake run through the last of his riddles, Eddie had mused on Roland's tale of the Fairday Goose. From there, his mind had returned to Henry, traveling from point A to point B through the magic of associative thinking, or if he wanted to get zen about it, via Transbird Airlines, Goose to Turkey. He and Henry had once had a discussion about getting off heroin, which we've heard. Mm -hmm. About being... Baked turkey. Yeah, if you go too far, you're baked turkey. Otherwise, you don't go cold turkey. You need to go cool turkey. Cool turkey. Let's see. Unless you can hink out this. Yes. Then do it, Eddie. It was Henry's voice again. That old resident of his head. But now, Henry sounded sober and clear-minded. 
Henry sounded like his friend instead of his enemy, as if all the old conflicts were finally settled, all the old hatches buried. Do it. Make the devil set himself on fire. It'll hurt. A little, maybe. But you've hurt worse. Hell, I hurt you worse myself. And you survived. Sur survived just fine. And you know where to look. Of course. In their palaver around the campfire. Jake finally managed to light. Rolly had asked the kid a riddle to loosen him up. Jake had struck a spark into the kindling. And then they had all sat around the fire, talking, talking and riddling. Eddie knew something else, too. Blaine had answered hundreds of riddles as they had ran southeast along the path of the beam, and the others believed that he had answered every single one of them without hesitation. Eddie had thought much the same, but now, as he cast his mind back over the contest, he realized an interesting thing. Blaine had hesitated. Once. He was pissed, too, like Roland was. The gunslinger often exaggerated about Eddie how had shown real anger towards him just a single time after the business of carving the key, when Eddie had almost choked, or had tried to cover his depth of that anger, make it seem like nothing but more exasperation. But he had sensed that the underneath he had lived he had lived with Henry Dean for a long time and was still exquisitely attuned to all the negative emotions. And it had hurt him too. Not Roland's anger itself, exactly, but the contempt with which he had laced, been laced. Contempt had always been one of Henry's favorite weapons. Yes, so he's talking about when he made the dead baby joke, and Roland got pissed. Roland's response had been strangely like Blaine's. I don't care about taste. It's senseless and unsellable, and that's what makes it silly. A good riddle is neither. Neither. But as Jake finished riddling Blaine, Eddie realized a wonderful, liberating thing. That word, the word good was up for grabs. Always had been, always would be. To which he brings up again that Roland was never able to think around corners. Not his, uh, specialty. <clears throat> I could always haul a gun faster than any of my mates, but I've never been much good at thinking around corners. Eddie remembered trying to tell Roland that jokes are riddles designed to help you build up that often overlooked talent, but Roland had ignored him, the way Eddie supposed a colorblind person would ignore someone's description of a rainbow. Eddie thought Blaine also might have trouble thinking around corners. A no gun would help this time. But maybe that was alright. Maybe that was alright because... Because I shoot with my mind. My mind. God help me shoot. This overblown calculator with my mind. Help me shoot it from around the corner. Blaine, he said, and then when the computer had acknowledged him, I have a couple riddles. As he spoke, he discovered a wonderful thing. He was struggling to hold back laughter. Oh, and this goodness. is where things go off the freaking rails. Yeah, this is when it's, it's, it just gets beautiful. It does. It does. Speak, Eddie of New York. No time to tell the others to be on their guard that anything might happen. And from the look of them, no need either. Eddie forgot about them and turned his full attention to Blaine. What has four wheels and flies? The town garbage wagon, as I have already said. Disapproval and dislike? Yeah, probably. All but oozing out of that voice. Are you so stupid or inattentive that you do not remember it was the first riddle you asked me? Yes, Eddie thought, and what we all missed because we were fixated on stumping you with some grain buster out of Roland's past, or Jake's book, is that the contest almost ended right there. It was the first time they said he did hesitate. Yes. He slightly, there was a click noise, and then he answered. It wasn't much, it was, but it was a little. You didn't like that one, did you, Blaine? 
I found it exceedingly stupid, Blaine agreed. Perhaps that's why you asked it again. Like calls to like, Eddie of New York. Is it not so? A smile lit Eddie's face. He shook his finger at the rope map. Sticks and stones may bake my bones, but birds will never hurt me. And then he has another way of saying it, but yeah. fine. <laughs> Hurry up, Jake whispered at him. If you can do something, do it. It doesn't like silly questions, Eddie said. It doesn't like silly games. And we knew that. We knew it from Charlie the Choo Choo. How stupid can you get? Hell, that was the book with the answers. Not really dumb. But we never saw it. Blaine, what is a door, not a door? Once again, for the first time since Susanna had asked Blaine what had four legs and flies, there was a peculiar clicking sound, like a man popping his tongue on his roof, the roof of his mouth. The pause was briefer than the one which had followed Susanna's opening riddle, but it was still there. Eddie heard it, when it's ajar, of course, Blaine said. He sounded dour, unhappy. Thirteen minutes and five seconds remain before termination, Eddie of New York. Would you die with such a stupid riddle in your mouth? Yes, yes, he would. He would gladly. Hmm. Quit your whining, pal. If you want the privilege of smearing us all over the landscape, you'll just have to put up with a few riddles that aren't up to your standards of logic. You must not speak to me in such a manner. Or what? You'll kill me? Don't make me laugh. Just play. You agree to the game? Now play it. Mm. Thin pink light flashed briefly on the route mat. You're making him angry, little Blaine mourned. That mourned? Mm -hmm. Lord, maybe yeah, mourned. Oh, you're making him so angry. Get lost, Squirt. Eddie said, not unkindly. Not unkindly. Uh, and when the pink uh, glow receded, once again revealing the flashing green dot that was almost at the top of Topeka, Eddie said, Answer this one, Blaine. The big moron and the little moron were standing on a bridge over the river Sind. The big moron fell off. How come the little moron didn't, too? What an interesting one. But the answer's like, okay, made me laugh. I'm like, okay, yeah. I, I like that. I haven't personally heard that. That was nice. That was funny. It's kind of dumb, but it was funny. Uh, that's an unworthy of our contest. I will not answer. On that last word, Blaine's voice actually dropped into the lower register, making him sound like a 14-year-old coping with the change of his voice. Roland's eyes were not just gleaming now, but blazing. What do you say, Blaine? I would understand you well. Are you saying that you cry off? No! Of course not! But, then answer, if you can. Answer the riddle. Now, Blaine. Now, Roland, for the first time ever, completely on Eddie's side about this one. Like, oh my god, and he figured it out. Yeah. He figured it out. Yeah. He's like, I don't care how stupid it is, we're going with it. Exactly. We're going with At it. the moment, it's the only thing this might save our life. He's like, for the first time, Blaine is sounding like he is worried and frustrated, and Roland's like, I'm good. I don't care what it's doing, I'm We've good. We've gone through hundreds of riddles without any hesitation, and now he doesn't want to answer? We go on this route. It's not a riddle, Blaine almost bleated. It's a joke. Something for stupid children to cackle over in the play yard. Answer now, or I declare the contest over, and our cotet the winner. Like he like he just has the ability to tell the trade. We win! He spoke in the dryly confident tone of authority Eddie had heard, first heard in the town of River Crossing. You must answer, for it is stupidity you complain of. Not transgression of the rules, which we agreed upon mutually. <laughs> Another of the clicking sounds, but this time it was much louder. So loud, in fact, that Eddie winced. Oi flattened his ears against his skull. It was followed by the longest pause yet. Three seconds, at least. Then, 
the little moron did not fall off because he was a little moron. <laughs> Blaine sounded so he more phonetic coincidence to even answer such an unworthy riddle makes me feel soiled. <laughs> As he held up his right hand, he rubbed the thumb and forefinger together. <laughs> They're finally getting a little revenge on good old Blaine here. What does that signify, foolish creature? It's the world's smallest violin playing. My heart pumps purple, pissed for you. Oh, God. Uh, Eddie said, Jake fell to uncontrollable fit of laughter. Uh, but never mind the, the cheap New York humor. Back to the contest. Why do police lieutenants wear belts? To which... The train itself, the mono itself, starts freaking out. Like, the lights are flickering, the transparency is going off, on, off, on. Some more time here. Blaine, answer. Answer, Roland agreed. Answer, or I declare the contest at an end and hold you to your promise. To, to hold up their pants, Blaine's voice firmed and repeated the question as a statement. To hold up their pants. A riddle based upon the... Exaggerated. Exaggerated simplicity of... Right, good one, Blaine, but never mind trying to kill time. It won't work. Next! I insist you stop asking these silly... Then stop the motto, Eddie said. If you're that upset, stop right here. And I will. No. Okay, then. On we go. That what's Irish and stays out in back of the house, even in the rain. This, this was a weird one. Huh? Like, okay. There was another of those clicks. This time so loud, it felt like having a blunt spike driven against the eardrum. Sweet Lord. A pause of five seconds. Now the flashing green dot of the eruption was so close to Topeka that it lit the word like neon each time it flashed. Then, Patty O Furniture. The correct answer to a joke riddle Eddie had first heard in the alley behind. Blah blah blah. Pink light stuttered from the route map. Stop! Little Blaine cried. His voice was so wavery, it sounded like the voice of a character from an old Warner Brothers cartoon. Stop it. You're killing him. What do you think he's trying to do? To us, Squirt, Eddie thought. To which he kind of was like, do I want to say this joke? It was the same joke um, about Moby Snot. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nah, I'm going to keep this to... A little more... in Logic. Okay. <laughs> But yes, so it says because no matter how many emotions his fancy dipolar circuits had allowed him to mimic, he was still an it, a computer. Even following Eddie this far into Riddleham's Twilight Zone had caused Blaine's sanity to totter. Why do people go to bed, Blaine? Because, because, gods damn you, because... A low squalling started up from beneath them, and suddenly the barony coach swayed violently from right to left. Susanna screamed. Jake was thrown into her lap. The gunslinger grabbed both of them. Because the bed won't come to them, gods damn you! Nine minutes and fifty seconds. Give up, Blaine, Eddie said. Stop before I have to blow your mind completely. If you don't quit, it's going to happen. We both know it. No! I got a million of these puppies, been hearing them my whole life. They stick to my mind the way flies stick to flypaper. Hey, with some people and re- its recipes. So what do you say? Want to give? No. Nine minutes and thirty seconds. Okay, Blaine, you asked for it. Here comes the cruncher. Why did the dead baby cross the road? There's the one. There's the one. <laughs> the one that pissed off Roland. Mm-hmm. Uh. The motto took another of those gigantic lurches. Eddie didn't understand how it could still stay on the track. 
after that, but somehow it did. The screaming from beneath them grew louder. The walls, floor, ceiling. The car began to cycle madly between opacity and transparency. At one moment, they were enclosed. At the next moment, they were rushing over gray daylight landscape that stretched flat and featureless to the horizon, which ran across the world in a straight line. The voice which came from the speaker was now that of the of a panicky child. I know it. Just a moment. I know it. Retrieval in progress. All logic circuits in use. Answer, Roland said. I need more time. You must give it to me. Now there was a kind of cracked trumpet in the splintering voice. No temporal limits for answering were set, Roland of Gilead. Hateful gunslinger out of the past that should have stayed dead. Impersonal. He's very upset train now. No, Roland agreed. No time limits were set. You are quite right. But you may not kill us with a riddle unanswered, Blaine. And Topeka draws nigh. Answer. I just love how Roland, once again, is just pulling these rules out. <laughs> like, okay, if you don't answer this question, you're just going to have to stop the train right now. Like, you can't, you can't kill us until you answer oh. that riddle. They're in a game, and Blaine... As, he doesn't have to do anything. The train has doesn't actually have to do anything. But it's like he he feels so implanted into the rules. It's like we did set these agreements, and I have to follow them because he knew he was better than they were. And now, but he can still just kill them. If he really wanted I to. Swear, well, my thing is that okay, you what nine minutes? Okay, so it seems like they're going extremely fast and nine minutes going is going by extremely fast. So for Roland to just be like, answer the question or stop, something tells me that even if he were to slam on the brakes right now, it would still kill him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think all that, even up to the end of this chapter. It's like, hmm. Don't know how that would have worked, but okay. Let him alone, moaned the voice of Little Blaine. You're killing him, I say. Killing him. Isn't that about what he wanted? That is what he wanted. He said we died. <laughs> That's what he said. We don't mind either. You're not so bad, little Blaine. But even as in a world as messed up as this one, it has to be better with your big brother gone. It's just hum- him taking us with him. We've been objecting this whole time. Last chance, Roland said. Answer or give up the goose, Blaine. I, I, you, 16, log 33... All cuisine subscripts, anti, anti, in all these years, beam, flood, pathogen, kerosene, logic, can I, dare I, a peach, eat a peach, (laughs) almond brothers, Patricia, crocodile, and whiplash smile, clock of dials, tick tock, 11 o'clock, the man's in the moon, and he's ready to rack, an assessment, an assessment, um, on my head, Blaine, Blaine dares, Blaine will answer, I, he's, 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 yeah. Blaine, now screaming in the voice of an infant, lapsed into some other language and began to sing. Eddie thought it was French. He knew none of the words, but when the drums kicked in, he knew the song perfectly well. Velcro Fly by ZZ Top. The glass over the route map blew out. A moment later, the route map itself exploded from its socket. Um. Suddenly, blue fire flashed out, sizzling the surface around the hole in the wall where the map had been, scorching it black. From deeper within the wall, towards Blaine's blunt, bullet-shaped snout, came a thick, grinding noise. To which Eddie just loses his mind. Like, he's just ecstatic at this point. <laughs> he had a blame in his sights, and although the thing behind the voice was already mortally wounded, he was able to stop squeezing the trigger. Oh. I skipped. Anyway, yeah, he. No, no, it's um not the physical trigger yet. So uh, is it not? Good. No, you're good. Squeezing the trigger. I shoot with my mind. 
What's the difference between a truckload of bowling balls and a truckload of dead woodchucks? You can't unload a truckload of bowling balls with a pitchfork. I mean, true, I guess, but... A terrible streak of mingled anger and agony issued from the hole. The devil's hole. <laughs> Where the Roman had been. It was followed by God of Blue Fire. I couldn't He was there. He mm. was there. To which Eddie pulls out the actual revolver and yep. just starts firing. Because, why why not, I, I guess, at this point? That's how we solve things here. He drew the gun he wore, a heavy forty-five, the worn sandalwood grip. One of the revolvers which Roland had brought out of Midworld's ruin. Mm. As Roland had said, Eddie would die talking, as his old friend Cuthbert had done. Eddie could think of many worse ways to go, and only one better. Say Blaine, you ugly, sadistic person, train. Um, since we're talking riddles, what is the greatest riddle of the Orient? Many men smoke, but Fu Manchu? <laughs> I get it. I don't get it, but get it? No? So, Sully? Jolly? How about this one? Why did the woman name her son Seven and a Half? Because she drew his name out of a hat. That one hurts my head. I was like, what? Why? 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 What? <laughs> sure, why not, I guess. He reached the pulsing square. Now he lifted Roland's gun. And the barony coach suddenly filled with a thunder. He put all six rounds into the hole. The devil's hole. Standing there <laughs> the flat of his hand. In the way Roland has shown him. Knowing only... That this was right. This was proper. This was Ka. It was the way you ended things if you were a gunslinger. He was one of Roland's tribe. All right. His soul was probably damned, but the deepest pit of hell. And he, and he wouldn't have changed it for all the heroin in Asia. I hate you. Blaine cried in a childish voice. That splinters were gone from... The, the splinters were gone from it now, and it was growling, soft, mushy. I hate you forever. It's not dying that bothers you, is it? Eddie asked. The lights in the hole where the route map had been were fading. More blue fire flashed, but he, he hardly had to pull his head back to avoid it. The flame was small and weak. Soon Blaine would be as dead as the pubes and the graves in mud. It's losing that bothers you. Hate. For. The word degenerated into a hum. The hum became a kind of stuttery thudding sound. Then it was gone. <clears throat> your goose is cooked, Blaine, Eddie thought, and your turkey's baked. Happy Thanksgiving. To which, you've just now killed the brain. Of the high-speeding thing that you're currently in. That was my issue. I'm like, you're going, what, eight, nine hundred miles an hour? And now you're just coasting along the tracks. How do we play those on in the train? <sighs> the shrinking from beneath the monk stopped. There was one final grounding thud from up front, and then the sound ceased, too. Rollins felt his legs and hips sway gently forward and put his free hand to the steady himself. His body knew what was happened. Happened. What had happened before? His head did. Blaine? Blaine's engines had quit. They were now simply gliding forward along the track. But, back, he said, all the way. We're coasting. If we're close enough to Blaine's terminating point, we may still crash. As I said, they only had nine minutes left, okay? And they, Eddie still did all that talking and stuff. And they're going, what, eight to hundred? Eight That's to the thing is, how do they slow down? They don't. But... There's no logic how they have this, this into you. 
None. Either way, he pretty much just tells him to get back, get into a huddle position, and then he's let, they're both la- they're all laying down, and he's facing Eddie, and so he looks at Eddie, and he's like, "I cry your pardon, Eddie." He said, "How the wheel of Ka turns." Once I had asked the same of my friend Cuthbert, and for the same reason, there's a kind of blindness in me, an arrogant blindness. I hardly think there's any need of pardon crying, Eddie said. He sounded uncomfortable. There is. I held your jokes in contempt. Now they have saved our lives. I cry your pardon. I have forgotten the face of my father. You don't need any pardon, and you didn't forget anybody's face, Eddie said. You can't help your nature, Roland. The gunslinger considered this carefully, and discovered something which was wonderful and awful at the same time. That idea had never occurred to him, not once in his whole life, that he was a captive of Ka. This he had known since earliest childhood, but his nature? His very nature? Thank you, Eddie, I think. And then, wha-bam! Again, traveling a little too... Let me phrase it. They're traveling insanely way too fast. So I mean, unless they were like... There's, just, there's no good explanation. Had they said the brakes seized up or something yeah. and it was just slammed on the brakes and it still threw them forward and they were sliding for hundreds of feet, anything to slow down the train... Let's say it up. But they hit They crash. Yes, of course, they crashed. And it says, The trip was over. The gunslinger raised himself up. His shoulder was still numb, but the arm support, below supported it. Wow. But the arm below it supported him, and that was a good sign. Which was funny because, of course, they're all checking to see if they're okay, and then. Well, bam! It's like the door, the emergency door, just throws itself. Is that normal? Is that normal for it? There was an explosion from above them, a hollow pow, that reminded Roland of the big bangers Cuthbert and Alan sometimes lit. Once Cuthbert has shot the big bangers, blah, 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 Yeah, as I said, like, is it normal for an emergency door to literally just, like, Jump ship? Is that how they work? Like it is now. I mean, if you if you think really think about it, like if that were to happen in an emergency situation, and the vehicle's response is like the door literally ejects, it's like okay, so it ejects and hits any stand like person standing by, but that's fine. The people inside are okay. Yeah, everybody's asking everybody if they're okay. Everyone's good. Jake, the gunslinger. Oi, oi. <laughs> Guess he is. To which they find out that Jake's hand is hurting again. The one that Oi had bit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, whatever Blaine did it, did to it is wearing off. I don't care, though. I'm just glad to still be alive. Yeah. Yes. Life is good. So is Aston. There's some mm-hmm. of it left. Aspirin, you mean? Roland nodded. A pill of magical properties, but one of the words from Jake's world he would never be able to say correctly. How is that? Aspirin. What is so difficult about that? He can't get it, okay? It's very difficult. Nine out of ten doctors recommend anison, honey, Susanna said, and when Jake only looked at her quizzically, guess they don't use that one one anymore in your win, huh? Doesn't matter. We're here, sugar pie, right here, and just fine. And that's what matters. Uh, they climb out the ladder? Down the ladder? Up the ladder? Yeah, the ladder just kind of rolls down from the ceiling. So they start exiting. Uh, Eddie gets himself a nice little pinch. And, um... <laughs> and which he hears his brother's voice in his head again. It's like, you did it, kiddo, Henry said. Made himself, made him set himself on fire. I knew you could. Remember when I said to those skag bags behind Dally's and how they laughed, but you did it. Sent him home with a rupture. Well, it worked anyway, and he thought, and touched the butt of Roland's gun without even being aware of it, well enough for us to walk away 
one more time. He climbed two rungs, then looked back down. The baronet coach already felt dead. Long dead, in fact. Just another artifact of the world that had moved on. Adios, Blaine, Eddie said. So long, partner. And he followed his friends out through the emergency exit in the roof. And that is the end Woo! of the Faraday Goose. So next week will be chapter four, Topeka. Topeka! I've been to Topeka. Topeka, Topeka, Kansas, Topeka. That's where I spent three months. In Topeka. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long is the next chapter? There's my picture. Oh, there we go. The next we'll be going to turn, turn, turn picking. Turnpiking? Yeah, turnpiking. Like a turnpike? Why is it called turnpiking? Turn, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, it's another 18 pages, 19 yeah. pages. What? <laughs> what? I was like, I think I know what they mean, but it's fine. We can... Our time's almost up. It okay? is almost up. <sighs> Hope you enjoyed the chapter. Oh. Throw a comment down below. Let us know what you thought. Throw a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel. We always appreciate when that happens. Those subscribers just keep moving up and down and wonky. They're like, oh, we'll click on these guys for a minute. Oh, they're terrible. Never mind. They bounce. <laughs> so if you like the video at all. Subscribe for a week. It's a weekly subscription. It, it, it really is. That's what it feels like. So if you like the video, we appreciate the subscription. Other than that, leave a comment down below. Let us know what you thought. As always, you can reach me at Stars and Travel. Reach Amanda at KZ. Pop Reach the Show up Beyond Our Focus. Everywhere, including YouTube and podcast services around the globe. Maybe. Maybe. And in the Devil's Hole. Space. Definitely down there. Space. Space. If you're in space, Radio I want to know. I'll give you my phone number. We'll chat. I want to talk to someone <laughs> in space. Oh. Any final thoughts on this chapter before we bounce? Nope. Alrighty, hope you enjoyed. But, till next time, long days and pleasant nights. <laughs>